My guest on this week's episode of Southern Search is Paul Shapiro, head of technical SEO and growth marketing lead at Shopify. Paul is one of the most respected SEOs in the industry. He's a technical marketer, an author, and a popular conference speaker. He has held senior SEO positions at numerous Fortune 500 companies, working to solve some of the most complex SEO issues imaginable. He's the founder of the Tech SEO Boost Conference, which is the first conference completely dedicated to technical SEO. Paul has also spoken at numerous conferences you might be familiar with, including MozCon, SMX, Brighton SEO, and many other places. It's a really exciting time for folks working in technical SEO. The work is more sophisticated than ever. There are interesting updates from Google that everyone is trying to understand. Paul has been there and done that in technical SEO. I'm going to start our conversation by asking him about the current moment for technical SEO and have him reflect on how we got here. Some of the most exciting stuff happening in technical SEO has to do with SEOs beginning to leverage Python programming. Paul was one of the very first people I can remember talking about Python even a few years ago. I'll ask him about how much that community has grown during this episode. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Paul Shapiro. We'll talk about why looking at technical SEO as a ranking signal is a flawed view. We'll spend a little time talking about the work he is doing at Shopify. And I'll ask Paul about board games and horror movies. All right, Paul, welcome to Susan Search. How are you doing today? Doing okay, Mark. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, let me let me start off with hopefully a happier note. So, uh, I was w- going through Twitter one day, and I started. I noticed some buzz that Noah Lerner started on Twitter a week. It was like a week before this conversation about tech SEO boost and resurrecting, and he called it his dream to speak there. Then, like all these luminaries from SEO, all chimed in and offered support and wanted the conference back. What is the latest? Uh, and what what is your role in this whole thing? Why why are you the designated? Uh, uh, bringer backer of this conference. Um, it's, it was my conference. Uh, so it, it was, it was an event that I, I founded, uh, going back to my agency days. Uh, okay. you know, it, it was, it was quite nice to see Noah chime in there and, and really get this, this ground, uh, groundswell of, of support for bringing, bringing something back, uh, talking to Noah behind the scenes and a bunch of other people trying to see what, what that will be and hopefully we'll have another event or a similar event uh in the near future well it was so cool because it, it clearly struck a chord with people it was like the, the amount of people who came out and, and talked about it I, I truth be told i never attended tech seo boost um what made it such a popular conference series why, why they were, they, the sentiment was almost unbelievable yeah um i mean it was amazing obviously to see uh that's level of support over the years of running it as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I basically created it because I didn't think there was a tech, uh, there, I didn't think there was a, an SEO conference that spoke to me personally, even the, you it. know, the more the advanced conferences, um, uh, they didn't feel advanced enough for the level of, of work that I was doing. Um, definitely not the things that I, I wanted to hear about as much. So I was like, I know a bunch of smart people. Let's get them speaking about, you know, next level SEO topics. Uh, I, I sort of mm-hmm. have specialized in, in technical SEO over the years because that's where I had always seen that level of innovation and, and interesting SEO work being done. But uh, it, it wasn't limited to what is traditionally thought of as technical SEO. So we had topics about like data science and SEO, 
um, in, information retrieval, um, you know, automation, uh, all sorts of like other uh, more, I would say, technically inclined uh, people talking about how they leverage different technologies towards SEO in their data lives, even if it wasn't just technical SEO and it was like content SEO or link building. We even had a talk about technical, what I would call technical link building, how to use like machine learning to help build links. Like, uh, and and awesome. uh, it was a conference that I was really proud of uh, running and, and, and attending. I, I always left as the, 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 as the conference runner learning something, which isn't always true of, of all SEO conferences. Well, that's awesome. And we'll, we'll link to your, to your Twitter in the show notes and make sure to follow Paul for more announcements about that conference series as it goes along. Yeah. So as I was preparing for this conference, I had kind of a big picture question for you. It seems like this is a really interesting period of time for technical SEO. And for someone like you, who's been, been there, done that, um, it, it seems like the problems are more interesting now today. The solutions are more sophisticated, you know, with some notable exceptions, Google is more transparent about what they, what they provide to SEOs, you know, you've been doing this for a long time as you reflect on your career, how has the field of technical SEO evolved and what do you make of this current moment we're in? Oh yeah, it's, it's been really great. Uh, again, like sort of, I've worked in what is traditionally thought of technical SEO, but you know, I've also walked, worked more broadly in SEO. Um, and I, I think sort of, the the level of talent that has come out of the technical the traditionally technical SEO community has brought a lot more advanced like methodologies and procedures to to the general SEO community. And when I first joined, it was it was very little of that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's it's grown uh, significantly. I think I was like one of the first people that was talking about using like Python in their SEO work, yeah. and like since then like you know that's that became like a hot thing now like you know every everyone's learning yeah. learning python and, and using it into their day-to-day um and it's it, it is it's kind of amazing it's kind of amazing to see yeah like I, I, I was gonna ask you about this it's like in the in the last few years uh you know the adoption of python programming so i can remember back you know a few years ago it was like you and hamlet batista were the only ones talking about this that, that was it Today, if you if you go on a search engine journal or any of these SEO websites, you'll have three or four posts about use cases for Python. Admittedly, I am going to quickly get over my skis talking about Python. But do you believe that the the popularity of this programming is an, you know kind of just if you can kind of give me a concept of what sort of new areas of exploration it's opened up for tech SEOs? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of really great applications with natural language processing, uh, which is obviously uh, very yeah. applicable to like understanding content, um, even writing content as we see like the natural language generation, mm-hmm. like the GPT three being leveraged more and more, right. um, you know, sort of what you call like semantic keywords. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's not the official term, but you know, that's that I think people understand that, that concept of like that, this, this isn't an exact match keyword, but it's it's semantically related to maybe a keyword you're targeting. Um, there's uh, machine learning applications like all over the place. And I mean, you see it in all the software platforms now being integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, 
heavily due to the adoption of Python. Um, Python sort of became yeah. the, the de facto programming language for, for data science work. Um, they there was this uh, there was another programming language Lua that had this really great library called Torch, um, and that sort of got ported over to Python. And because Python's a much more accessible programming language, it, it sort of blossomed even further due to that. Wow, fascinating. The the other big topic that's kind of again, I'm, I'm talking about this as sort of a golden age of of uh, technical SEO, but. Core Web Vitals is like, that's the other one. You can't go anywhere on an SEO website without hearing about Core Web Vitals or Largest Contentful Paint or something like that. So, you know, I, I wonder how you approach it. So there's there's this idea that I've, I've talked to some technical SEOs, Patrick Stocks being one of them, is like, it's not, to him, it's not about ranking websites as much. It's, it's about, this is a good user experience. And because we, we are creating a better user experience, there'll be a bunch of positive cascading effects from that. Mm -hmm. One of them may be like, you'll, you'll get more trail, you'll do, you'll do better in the sort of traditional SEO metrics. When you are weighing something like improving core web vitals, do you look at it from a point of view like this is going to help me rank or more so this is to help user experience and there'll be benefits that I don't even know what they are, but they'll derive from that. Yeah, definitely the latter. Um, I, I actually sort of despise it being grouped into <laughs> SEO if, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Uh, and it, it a little de yeah. it sort of depends on what kind of organization you're doing SEO for. Um, you know, not not everyone has, you know, you know, front end engineers that can work on this sort of thing. And I, you know, I, I understand Google sort of pushing it towards SEO to to help with adoption and improve overall performance of the web, which is absolutely important um, for your website, um, especially if you work in like something like e commerce and you have uh, you have all those statistics, like every hundred milliseconds of like load load time, uh, sure. you know, definitely impacts conversions. And then, you know, there, there's the user behavior metrics that it definitely influences. But like, to me, it's, it's not really, it's not an SEO thing. And I've definitely, definitely yeah. done my, my share of work on improving web performance and improving web core vital metrics. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of it being lumped into SEO to me. It, it definitely lives outside of SEO. I love that. Well, I, I mentioned that, that Google is being more transparent about several technical SEO topics, but one thing that came to light recently, uh, the folks at Ahrefs, I think it was Patrick who, who found that almost half of all of Google search console clicks go to hidden terms. That's a lot. Um, that was something that I, I learned again, Noah, we're mentioning the same people again, Noah turned me onto this a few years ago. He, he created a tool called Explorer. And the first time he showed it to me, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, I thought Google search console was the truth. I thought that was the, the place where it goes. You know, what do you make of this study? And, and if we're missing half the data, how do we fill that gap? Cause that's a lot of information. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I spoke to Patrick about this, like when the, the study first came out, because um, mm -hmm. I, I did find it jarring. Um, I think my position on Search Console hasn't changed. It's it's still one of our best sources of SEO truth. Um, it's it's imperfect. Um, and I sure as hell miss the days of old where I had my keyword data in like analytics. Um, but, you know, yeah, without right. that, like, what are you going to do? You have keyword data in, in search console. Um, so that's, that's, yeah. 
that's that's what you have. Um, I, I would like Google to be a little bit better about data tools and, and address these sort of things um, better. Um, but that's if given what I have, you know, I, I can make it work. For the most part, I don't think those queries are going to be representative of your your most important search terms. Okay. Um, maybe at scale, like if you combine them all together, it becomes significant. But um, again, you you sort of make use of what you have. Yeah, I love it. Well, one of the things that occurs to me about about your job, and I, I want to shift gears to Shopify if I could, but. I'm kind of the tech person in my family. So if there's like, even things I don't know anything about, like if it's like my printer isn't working, I get, I get the call. Right. And like, just Google it. Um, but you know, Shopify is so popular because people who want to get something off the ground, who don't have a lot of technology experience, uh, get to use it. I wonder if this is an odd, oddball question, but do you get a lot of questions from friends and family with little tips to, to improve their Shopify sites? Have you, have you had some, Friends come out of the woodwork to, to pick your brain on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, Pr- probably too often, um, especially <laughs> since I, 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 I don't really work on the platform itself. Right. Um, like more do like SDF for, for Shopify. Like I, I serve like in a, in, a, in a marketing growth role for Shopify. And that's that's a little bit um, distant from, from the product itself. Um, not 100% distant, but a little bit. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very easy to use platform. I think most of the SEO features they're they're not perfect, but you know, uh, for for ninety nine percent of people, uh, it's going to get the job yeah. done, and you're not going to be impacted by like the super nuanced um, technical SEO things that you know might cause like a larger store to be be upset with. Um, I I think we have solutions for like 99% of those SEO problems. Well, awesome. Well, and, and let's say your news, there's an announcement today that uh, several people have, have had to find a new home from, from Shopify. I, I remember when you joined that team with, with Kevin Indig about a, it's like a little over a year ago now. And it was like a super team coming together. It was like, okay, we've got Paul and Kevin and everybody's coming together. I, I, I check you did just cross your one year mark there. Uh, you know, really what I wanted to try and do is you, you've offered on Twitter. If, uh, if people are looking to fill roles, I know a lot of people are trying to fill roles in SEO and I know there's gotta be some talented people there. How can we support some of your former colleagues who are, who are now looking for positions? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, fortunately our, our SEO team wasn't too heavily impacted. We have some content people, um, you know, a couple SEO people that were un- unfortunately, you know, let, let go as part of this, this giant layoff that Shopify had. Um, so uh, I'm collecting names of people that, you know, wish to disclose them. Um, and, you know, you can, you can certainly reach out to me on, on Twitter. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a very active Twitter user. Uh, so if you want, you want to DM me, my DMs are open and it's uh, my, my username on Twitter is, is Fido, F-I-G-H-T-O. Love that handle. All right. Well, listen, um, last questions here. Uh, before I let you go, I need a board game recommendation. And uh, you are apparently the guy to talk to about board games. Do you have maybe one or two re- recommendations of games you've picked up recently? Yeah, yeah. What do you like um, to play? So my current favorite 
board game of all time is a game called Maracaibo. It's a uh, it's what okay. people might call uh, a Euro game, and it's it's very very complex. <laughs> if that's not if that's not for you, and you want to just like, sort of like dip your toes into this this world of of modern board gaming, which is you know very uh-huh. far removed from you know the the monopolies and risks of old, then uh, my sort of go to is a game called Camel Up, um, and okay. I you know I enjoy it as someone who plays you know board games every week with my friends and uh, n- new people who are new to the new to board gaming also always enjoy it. So it's it's sort of it's good for everyone, absolutely everyone. Uh, so those would be my recommendations. Right, I have to get I have to get some definitions out of the way. What is a euro game? You said it. The the first one is a euro game. What does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. So euro games were sort of this the style of board games that are uh, came out of mainly Germany post World War II. That sort of de-emphasized a lot of like the the warlike elements that a lot of American games had. Um, so they they okay. were they were a hundred percent strategic. Um, little or no luck involved in the game at all so you don't see like a lot okay. of like dice rolling um for the most part or or like random card draws um and yeah they that's that's it a lot of them are economic in nature so like definitely like heavy heavy like strategy emphasis emphasis i love it so uh three things i i understand to ask you about are technical seo board games in horror movies mm. so horror movies is the is the third one we haven't covered here one have you seen anything recently that you can recommend and second doesn't the gore bother you do you get any any uh queasiness about watching gory horror movies or are you just uh cold-blooded like that? Uh, yeah I, I guess for better or for worse i've, I've probably been desensitized over the years <laughs> i know like going back to going back to like high school like i i, I would watch like a heart one horror movie like every every evening uh so like i've, I've seen oh I've seen quite a quite a number of them um and you know it's it's uh i don't know i, I kind of like them for their, their the artistic element uh, to be honest like you, i feel like you can you can okay. push the envelope in in the horror genre more than you know more more mainstream genres um and and you get some more interesting elements uh you know what i've been a little bit distant in in, in the last year just really focusing on on family and work uh but i'll I'll tell you my 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 favorite horror movie of all time is a film called possession from i think 1981 um I could be wrong about that. Starring Sam Neill, uh, and it's okay. it's a bit of a an art house horror movie, and that's it's it's not a despite the name it has nothing to do with like demonic possession. It's more like the possession of a person in in a relationship, uh, and it's oh, it's okay. a you know deeply like metaphorical film, but also entirely like a horror movie. There's there's like a there's a penis monster. Put it, I'll put it that way. If you're thinking uh, about like horror okay. and metaphor, uh, it's it's uh, it's, okay. it's kind of out there. All right. Well, this was going to be the the Search Lab movie night on Friday, but now this might have to go through HR before we can <laughs> before we can approve it. So, um, no, no. Listen, Paul. Thank you for thank you for coming on, and um, 
I think you're a must follow on Twitter. So I want to make sure that people know about it. Where else, if, if people want to learn more about you, about Tech SEO Boost, as I, the updates come about, yeah. um, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, Twitter is probably the best way nowadays. Uh, I do have like a personal website that's pretty inactive at this point. Maybe I'll bring it back. Um, that's searchwilderness.com. There's, there's a contact form on that if you want to sort of get in touch with me via email. All right. Well, awesome. Well, you're a, you're a great guest. I'm going to give you a, a virtual cheers for now. And for everyone watching, we'll be back next week with another episode of Suds and Search. Paul, thanks so much for coming Thank on. You, Mark.